Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is always my great pleasure to be here. Thanks for tuning in to us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. By the way, uh, as always, if you're watching... On Warchant TV, make sure you uh, like and subscribe, share the wealth. Good win last night for baseball. Uh, not the prettiest of, uh, of games, but a good win. A necessary win. We talked about that yesterday. Um, we're hoping that uh, <clears throat> the Knowles would, would find a way to do it. They do in extra innings. And um, that's a big... Uh, there aren't too many games during the midweek that we referred to as being important or anything like that. But you keep momentum going. It's a good RPI win. Uh, you, you get you know, you know get it done. Um, and it was it was an arduous task, to say the least. But uh, uh, listen, they were far more patient. We talk a little bit about the oddity of this team's offense. Um, 11 walks, man. <laughs> it ain't pretty to watch. Strikeouts and walks aren't pretty to watch. But... Uh, uh, they they do speak to an approach, and um, you know you, you'd like to have more of those than you do the K's, and they did last night, and that's good. And the bullpen was good again, and um, you know again, I, it's um, I you know I know you know a guy I don't know what to think about Tom because obviously Alex has got a ton of power, but Terrell just drives me nuts. Obviously last night not a great night for him, um, but you know there's a guy that. He kind of, to me, he's a great representation of this team. Things you like, power to all fields. Uh, I know we don't, there's no such thing, quote-unquote, in baseball as the clutch gene, but that's a guy that has hit some really important home runs, really big hits in general, to go along with that propensity to strike out in an ugly fashion. Just, here's three pitches, not close to any of them. Okay, have a good one. Yeah, he looks wild too tight at times. Let's put it that way. I don't know that we're always the loosest team in the batter's box, and I've, he would be the first example I would cite to say, man, he just does not look like there's uh, there's a lot of thoughts that he's processing while he's looking for his pitch, and then he gets mixed up, and he's in between, and you could just see it all over his face, and you go, oh, man. That, that's typically this, something that happens when a hitter's in a slump at the major league level, yeah. but it happens a lot with him. Yeah, yeah. A lot. 
And then when he finds his way out, you're like, oh, this could be good for a while. It is. And then he goes, right. It kind of is. Not for real long. But if he's up, even even though you know it's like eight out of ten, and here comes a K, you're like, the other two are going 450 plus. Yeah, there's a chance. So the news of the day really wasn't about Florida State uh, yesterday. It was nice that, obviously, Florida State got the win. It's important. Uh, helps their RPI, continues the win streak. Uh, they've played very well as of late against good teams. So that's important, and that's good to know. Uh, the really, the, the, I want to get to something different, which was kind of a a puzzling sort of moment. I I think more coaches should do this. I brought this up recently with our own coach, uh, but Jay Wright retired at Villanova, and with Coach K having stepped down on the heels of Roy having stepped down, you know, you kind of looked around college basketball. There are a few huge names, but. Jay Wright might have been the biggest of the coaching names uh, that remain, right? Uh, yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Certainly with the aptitude to go along with it. Because yeah, Bayheim's a big name, but he's completely ruined his legacy. Well, it's just awful what's going on at Syracuse. Right. And it's terrible. You, you th- <laughs> you're heartbroken, I know. Uh, you know, Jay Wright was 520 and 187 overall with two national titles and a bunch of Final Fours over the years, and uh, uh, including this year, with a team that had no business going to the Final Four. And, and he's that kind of elite-level coach. Uh, and so when you hear about his retirement, still looking dapper, still looking smooth, always. I quickly looked when I saw that announcement that he was retiring and thought, how old is Jay Wright? Because he's a good-looking dude. So you, you, can't, you don't know. He keeps himself together. He's 60. So he's also the most fedora-ready basketball coach in America. You could put a fedora on him and mm-hmm. plant him in 1937, and it's just, it, it works. It fits. Yeah, you know, it's – but were you – let me ask you, I was trying to find a comp to Jay Wright retiring. So, like, you know, who's a guy that had had sustained success over a very long period of time that had recently had success, so his career wasn't waning. It wasn't like at the end of Bowden's career. We've seen a lot of coaches have this happen where you go – Okay, the game's probably passed him by. It's probably time to move on. Some know when to get out, some don't, and we lament that and talk about it a lot. But then there are guys that that get out, and you're like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. My man won 12 games last year and, uh, you know, made the college football play. The answer's Pop Stoops. Because where I can tell you just because I have family members that went to OU and people who listen to this show on a regular basis know, but for those that may be new listeners – Oklahoma's kind of my second team. Uh, I have family that grew up there, family that went there. Uh, You know, my family had a farm in Okima, Oklahoma, middle of nowhere. Anyhow, grew up as a little kid going out there to visit. So I like Oklahoma. If you're tied into OU, there were Oklahoma fans starting to get annoyed with Bob Stoops. He was almost a victim of his own success, which I say usually is impossible. But they had sustained so many uh, great seasons – that weren't cashed in with a national championship at the end. Of course, he beat us for a national championship, unfortunately, in a game I was at. But nonetheless, uh, he hadn't done it lately. And people were like, all right, yeah, you know, the Big 12's not great. You win it every year, and that's cool. I mean, Texas would like to win a Big 12 title every now and again. But, you know, we could, we could wrap this up with a national title or two here in the near future. They were starting to get antsy. But nonetheless, if you, when you in retrospect look back, go, yeah, dude's won 12 games every year. He pretty much won the rivalry every year, won the conference every year, goes to the college football playoff. Uh, yeah, they would lose there, but it's tough to get there, you know? 
And then he abruptly retired after 18 seasons when he looked like he had a lot of success that lay in front of him still to come. Same with Jay Wright. He just went to the Final Four. He's 60. He's been there 20 20 years, whatever, 21 years. Just went to the Final Four, had a good team. His team stuck together when a lot of other teams see these transfers happening. Why do I bring it up? There are many people, the first thing that they thought when they read that Jay Wright was retiring is, oh, getting a little long in the tooth. Wants to scratch that itch, take it to the NBA. He's won a couple national titles, Final Fours. I've done everything I could do in the college game. Why don't I take it on down the road to the NBA and see how I would fare there? The ultimate test, right? Turns out, looks like that's not true. He's not interested in the NBA. He's going to be the head coach and waiting here in Tallahassee. Well, maybe he knew Leonard was on the cusp of retirement. He wanted to take a year to be with his family so he could jump on board and be refreshed. I see where you're angling. I like it. Like where your head's at, buddy. No, most people believe that he is walking away for the reason that a lot of other people might be on the verge of walking away from the game. Um, And that is that uh, the new frontier, quote-unquote, the new frontier of college sports, um, chaos, folks think it's completely out of hand. And they're not talking solely about the NIL. The NIL is, as we've noted, and many people have obviously uh, been frustrated by, uh, it's the transfer portal. It's, it's in basketball. It's a nightmare. You look at all these teams, it's just boom, 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 people all over the place. you got a guy that's All-American, they jump ship. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy what's happened in the world of college basketball. And if you think about it, if I'm 60 years old, and I can see it from where I sit, I'm 50. If I'm 60 years old and I've got a lot of money and I've got my health and I did what I always wanted to do for a career and got paid handsomely for it and I've got some things I'd like to do with family, friends, and whatever in terms of traveling, maybe it's just to play golf every day, whatever it might be, why wouldn't you walk away? Because trying to navigate the new and the seismic shift is difficult for anybody especially when you're 60 and comfortable because you don't have to. You don't have to. I don't have to do this. I, I used to say this with Bowden. I'm like, it's a young man's game. You did all you could, coach. You won. You've created a legend that it will never be. Uh, it's never to be ignored. You're one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time. What else is there to do? Call it a day. Now, some of these guys, they don't know anything else. It's what they do. They love it. It's passion. They want to do it. But, man, I would be Jay Wright. And I think more people are going to be an awful lot like Jay Wright. And I brought this up the other day because I said, and I remind folks, Leonard Hamilton's going to be 74 in August. He loves it. He looks young. He's in great shape. But 74 is 74. How much longer is he going to stay? I think a lot of coaches are going to begin to walk away, that the headache's going to be a bit much. Now, ours will walk away for the very obvious reason. He's getting up there. He's in the twilight of a career. But I think you'll see more successful, younger coaches who don't want to play the game, who don't want to have to re-recruit their own guys every year. Like, it's a bridge too far for some of these guys. They're just going to go, man, I've made a, I've made a killing. I, don't, I can't. I'm not doing this anymore. I, it was hard enough to do recruiting as it was. Well, you know that there are different uh, renewable scholarship agreements. Sometimes it's four-year guaranteed. Sometimes it's one year, and it just keeps on getting renewed year after year. I wonder if that's going to become part of the equation with the transfer portal. If 
you want to be on a one-year renewal basis because you want to keep your options open, that's fine. But you can sign a four-year agreement to be here at Florida State because this is where you want to educate yourself. This right. is where you want to set your roots. This is whatever the reason. And I wonder if that becomes a part of the discussion, like as in how we would cover signing day. Well, this young man signed a four-year uh, NLI today. It's a four-year NLI. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. These guys are all one years. These guys are the four years. Here's a two-year, whatever it is. But I wonder if that has to enter into the equation at some point because if we're going to have rulings in the future that suggests that perhaps these athletes are university employees, which is the next debate to come, yeah. then at that point, if they're employees, they have to sign contracts. Not contracts to play football, but contracts of non-competes or you're tying to yourself to an institution long-term before you even get into the discussion about NIL. Lawyers are making a ton of money off of this situation, and they're going to continue to do so. It's just a matter of how are we going to talk about it in a year or two, because I don't think it's going to be exactly the same as we're talking about it right now. It's not sustainable for so many reasons. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you just wonder how many guys at the upper crust, at the tail end or back end, at the very least, of their careers are going to stick around to see it play out. Right. That's my, what I'm asking. My concern is how many younger coaches, like somebody who's Mike's age, right, are going to have success and then say, I'm taking the first opportunity I can get to be a coordinator at the NFL level. Or, well, or you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. Not just a head coach. Yeah. But because I don't want to deal with this. 365, if I can get something close and I could get into the machine of the NFL, there are so many fewer headaches. So I have headaches. said for a long time now that the job of the NFL, which is a hard one to get. I mean, you have to be an elite coach. You have to be as well thought of as there is. But if you can get the gig, it's a better job. It's right now, it's, and I never would have said that. Right. Back in the day, I would have wanted to be a college coach through and through. I love it. Everything about it. Uh, it's just a, everything about the game I loved more. But I don't know. It's It's gone the direction of pro sports, which you could argue behind the scenes it always was, but it's gone certainly the direction, but without some of the benefits. Yeah, without the constraints. Without the constraints and the benefits. Yeah. Like, now all of a sudden, I mean, these guys, we see it. We get to cover this up close and personal. I, I used to marvel, and I've marveled ever since the, the shift in college football has happened. Really, it became apparent to me at the end of the Bowden era and when Jimbo took over, that guy worked 24 hours a day, all day, every day. And, yeah, the salaries are such that, um, you know, you're handsomely rewarded for that work ethic. But that's not – it's not surprising when these guys, and I'm not just saying Jimbo Fisher because he was in our backyard and we covered it and we know what happened, but it's not surprising that you read about these guys going through divorces, having problems with stability in their home life in general. If you're never home because you can't be, because you want to win, you can't sustain any of that. You can't sustain friendships. You can't sustain uh, a marriage. You, can't sus you don't have a life. You're not a well-adjusted person. You're paid handsomely to be a twisted, messed-up person. That, that's what it is. You're paid handsomely to be screwed up. Like, we're going to give you $7 million. You're not normal. You can't be. I need you to work your ass off all the time, year-round. And now we're going to throw some more stuff on your plate. Now you better figure out how to do the dance without actually doing the dance of making sure that there's a third entity paying players to come see you. Like, you got to do all of this other stuff now, and it was already really difficult. I just think, both in college basketball and college football, you're going to see guys, like, the way I would almost view it now, coming out of high school, 
if I were a high school coach going into the college ranks, let's say I was a rising star in coaching, the way I would almost view it now is, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I, I got it. I'm 20-something years old. I've had some success. won a state title wherever I was, right? And now uh, I've got an opportunity to join so-and-so staff, and I'm going to rise through the ranks. I'm going to work my ass off. You're right. That's what I'm going to do. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do to this end. I'm going to work from 24 to 40 as hard as anybody's ever worked in their life, and I'm going to make a gazillion dollars doing it, and then peace out, bitches. I'm done. You'll never see me again. Like, I would ne- you got it. The second part of that life, you've got to cash it in. You've got to be able to reap the reward of being so uh, maniacal and having no other interests or life about you. Yeah, if I'm 24 and I'm in that position, I still think by the time I'm 30, the system's going to be different. It just, you can't. It cannot sustain. Right. For so many reasons. You don't want to lose the coaching talent. The coaches themselves are going to revolt against it. The booster organizations, whatever. The players for forevermore are going to be paid, and rightly so. But it's just a matter of what are the regulations because you're talking about the, the transient nature of the college That's athlete. Crazy. That has to, you, the moment they get paid, it's, it should be more restrictive on transfers. Right. Because now, we're, now you're getting money. But there are still rulings to come about whether the university employees and that's are not why, and that kind of stuff. And that's why the guys on the back end here who are at the end of their careers who've made the money and had the success, like a Jay Wright, who's got two national titles in his back pocket and has made a gazillion dollars, why not walk away? I'm not waiting. I'm just, screw this. Well, the, the rules are going to change every year, fundamentally. You know, if your compliance department is going to be like, okay, remember what we said last April? Doesn't matter. Here's what's going on this April. Here are the new rules. Did you read the athletics piece? Uh, I think it was Seth Davis who wrote it, but it, there's a part there that I thought, man, that's it right there in a nutshell. He wrote, during a time of great instability, uh, what with the transfer portal, the encroachment of quasi-professional leagues, the new paradigm governing or not governing name, image, and likeness, Wright was supposed to be college basketball's rock of Gibraltar, if I could speak. Um, it's hard not to be dramatic in the wake of such dramatic news. Wright's unexpected departure raises troubling questions. Is this a case of one man deciding he's had enough of the coaching life, or is Wright the proverbial canary in a coal mine? Like, is this going to set forth the domino? Um, and he, he goes on to say in that article that there has been a shift when he does interviews with coaches now. Rather than conversations or interviews about his players, the team, the program, college basketball in general, he says... More and more when you call to talk to these coaches, it turns into a therapy session where they talk about how impossible it is to, to know what your team's going to look like from year to year because guys are coming and going left and right. You've got no stability and that it's maddening. And you see it here. You see, I mean, it's happened with, with Leonard. But I just hope that that happens to Brian Kelly more than any other coach. <laughs> just uh, of all the coaches that are in college football, it should happen to him the most. Yeah, I just think coaching chews you up and spits you out. It's a brutal if industry. If Petrino was still coaching, I'd yeah, say him too. Yeah, yeah. Him too. Um, no, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to uh, to watch it. I just It's something, A, you need to acknowledge. It's a big story. That's a big story to see him walk away. Uh, and, and he, he kind of was, along with about three or four other guys, the horribly toupee Bill Self is on the list of uh, coaches that uh, would be seen as uh, kind of the heir apparent to Coach K and others. Well, as they're under investigation for serious infractions. Oh, but don't let that get in the way of that celebration if you're Jim Nance. Talk about uh, what a rewarding... i give him my time. What a maker of men. Okay. Yeah. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Pa- 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Soon, Gabe, I see you on the chat, my friend. W's and L's, it'll happen in the not-too-distant future. We do it We do it in May, Tom. We do it in May, I do believe. What's that? Sorry. I was uh, con- conversing with the director on this segment that was coming up. Uh, W's and L's. We, we promised to do one last week, though, and we did we, not We, we said did we were going to do it this promise. week? We said we were going to do it in April? We said we were going to do it last week post-spring game. Basically, it was our post-spring game version of W's and L's, and we were going to do it before the golf tournament, but we uh, we did not. It's on me. Should have reminded us. Yeah, but, you know, it's a floater. I mean, you know, that's that's <laughs> W's and L's kind of floating, so, you know, whenever we want. Whenever we want. Now, uh, the reason I acknowledge Gabe's um, request for W's and L's is that he also uh, said that he read an article that I read earlier today, which was that ESPN had a way-too-early college football top 25 uh, revision where they went back and said, okay, now that we've seen some things in the transfer portal and springs happened and all that other stuff, let's let's take a look at this. And he lamented aspects of it. I did, too. I read this today. <laughs> and it's funny where his head went because I think it's where a lot of the fan base looked. If you go backwards, let's start at 25 and move our way up. What Two things I did. A, let's look at the names of the teams and see if we agree, disagree, because it's a list and we're required to, right. as men, to look at lists. And if it's 25th and up, then you're going, are, are we 25th? Right, or, right. Uh, you start down, down there. Fool this person? Well, I want to start down there because we were more likely in that direction. Yes, that's so I was like, oh, maybe maybe start at 25, maybe I'll get to 23. There we are. Yeah, no, no, we're not in the top 25. We're not. Couldn't find us. And then, unlike the actual top 25 that comes out every year in the AP and coaches and all that, there was no... Uh, Others receiving votes, so I don't know if we were even on somebody's radar or not. But there sat Iowa at 25. Whatever. So my point was, I I looked at this and thought, okay, well, uh, all right, let's look at the amount of teams on this revised top 25 and see how many of them we play. This is for W's and L's purposes, just taking a look. Uh, And then also... uh, Let's look at some teams that are ranked and then ask ourselves repeatedly, how is it that those sorry asses are ranked and we're not? Why? Over and over again, why? Because. And here it was. How many times over the course of these names that I lay bare here now do you say, that ought not be. They're there and we're not. You don't do it with every team. Some teams you know, like, oh, well, they should be there. They absolutely deserve to be there. That's a quality program sustained for a very long period. You're not mad that Alabama's on the list. You kind of, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's. I know the answers to that. They've invested. The Bama table's real. Has been for a long time. So there's Iowa. Then there's Tennessee. 
Oh, Tom, you know I must have oh, recoiled yeah. the yeah. second I read this. Surely you jest. For all of the talk, and I know it was your one, for all of the talk about, oh, here comes Tennessee, they got things moving in the right direction, all, Josh Heupel, all this. They went 7-6. and six. Let's calm the hell down. They weren't any good. They weren't any good. They went 7-6. and six. But there they sit, ranked 24th in the revised preseason top 25. Number 23. Cincinnati, okay, 13-1, and went to the college football playoff. You lose to Alabama, no shame. We'll see. I mean, you lose Desmond Ritter. I don't know that I would think that they're going to be an elite team, but 23rd is not elite. So, okay, sustained recruiting at Cincinnati. That's not okay, Tom. Oh, I'm getting mad over here. Okay. Number 22, Kentucky. Oh, no. Yes. Lest we forget. Kentucky went 10 and 3 last year, Tom. Could have had Mark Stoops. 10 and 3. Could be here. We're 10 and 3. Right now. They had a winning record in the SEC. 21. Ole Miss. They too went 10 and 3. Losing Matt Corral will hurt. I kind of get the Ole Miss thing. I can live with that. Lane cheats his ass off everywhere he goes. You know he stepped foot on campus, began instantly cheating in every way possible. I got it. All right, fair enough. Kind of okay these yeah, days. Yeah, well, these days it is. But he will, he'll, he'll cross that line. He's an habitual line stepper. He'll, he'll do what's now okay and then a lot more for sure. Like, even though it's okay to pay players now, he'll pay them and give them coke. Like, that's, that's, he can't help himself. He'll be like, oh, we're allowed to pay him now? Well, what else can we do? I don't know, hookers and coke? Okay, let's let's do that. Let's get hookers and coke in here. We got to do, yeah. Vending machines are everywhere. But we don't need to do that, Lane. We don't. But I want to. I feel compelled to. Arkansas. Now that one, that one hurts. Didn't Hugh leave a phone number on the wall of the coach's bathroom? Didn't he, <laughs> didn't he write in Sharpie on the yeah. wall? <laughs> Sam Pittman's done a great job at Arkansas. There's no getting yeah. <laughs> there. It is. I was waiting. But they lose Traylon Burks. That's a big deal. We'll see. Um, they've done a very a fine job. He's done a great job, actually, for Arkansas. Then there's BYU. <laughs> Again, why? Here you go. Here's another one. Baylor. All right. Jesus. All right. Wake. On the schedule. Of course. Of course. It's, um, they won 11 games. They won 11 games last year, Wake Forest did. And the 11. quarterback's... 40 years old and coming yeah, back. He's back. They've got uh, an elite linebacker. they got a good quarterback. they got, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear Dick Butkus is still there. They won 11 games. 11? What are we t- Come on, man. Oregon? Okay. All right. All right. We'll see. They're on their way down, and they're losing Thibodeau. That's this whole list is maddening. Well, Oregon, Oregon's paid to be there. I mean, they've done well. Pitt. Pitt. Number no 15. Picket, no problem. Number 15. Yeah. Well, they won 11 games also. By the way, they also won the ACC. Damn it, man. What in the world? Pitt's out here. I've been to that campus more than once. They don't even care. What are we doing? Oklahoma. Fair enough. Fair enough. Houston. 13. Houston. I don't know how it escaped me because I never believe in Houston ever. Those bastards won 12 games last year. Isn't that Holgerson? Yes, crazy-haired yeah. Holgerson. <laughs> yeah. 12 wins. 
They've been, quote-unquote, very active in the transfer portal. USC 12, all right, obviously we know the coaching shift there. Lincoln Riley goes, and so, by the way, I said shift just for everybody. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. He, they remembered they were USC, yeah, finally. Yeah. Clemson's 11, yes, on the schedule. So that's what three teams so far on the schedule. Uh, Oklahoma State, no. What are we doing? They, too, won 12 games we're last year. We're sucking in Tallahassee. That's what yeah, we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, Michigan, nine. Michigan State, eight. What? Oh, yeah, they did big time in the uh, either recruiting or the NIL program they built. It's something crazy, right? Well, they've done a great job. Michigan they State. won 11 games. I mean, they were really good. But apparently, they're. I think they're building a building, building an NIL program that allows people to overlook East Lansing and say, well, you know what, though? The program is, the benefits package is amazing. They've brought in an awful lot of players. You're right, correctly. Um, they got a UNLV kid, a Mississippi State kid. Um, they brought, yes, yes, they've done very well in the transfer portal. They get all, they get after it. Um, they got a kid from Wisconsin within the Big Ten. They're like, oh, come on over here. Screw Wisconsin. It's boring. So there you go. Uh, NC State, yes, we play NC State. Yes, Here's our yes, rubber factory. Yes, yep. Look at this. Isn't it amazing? NC State's seventh. Preseason seven. Okay. You can get mad. So three teams in our division are preseason top, what is it, 17 or 18? Top 18. How does that impact your W's and L's? Well, it does, doesn't it? You go 2-1 and one against those teams, and we're ranked 15th in the country. It, it impacts your W's and L's, and it impacts your, uh, your psyche. It's just like, man, this is ridiculous. Your, your feeling of uh, worthiness is beginning to fade. Well, it's a COVID legacy. It's a bunch of BYUs out here. Mm. you got a bunch of dudes that are 24, 25 years old still playing college ball. Kicking ass elsewhere. Notre Dame is six. Uh, and then there's the Fighting Jimbos at five. Utah, four. Utah? Well, you know I won big money on Utah last year. That was a That's a fine program, Tom. Don't you besmirch Utah. Four, though? They're in position for the playoff in the preseason poll. Yeah, I mean they, um, you know, they did quite well. Pac-12 champions. Pac-12 champs. Whatever that means. Pac-12 champs is what it means. As preseason predicted by <laughs> this guy in the college sports book. Very different things. Yes, for betting purposes, Pac-12 champions. There yeah. you go, Richard Simmons. As Guest before the season began. In the grand scheme of college football, Pac-12 champions. Okay, congrats. They'd beat RS. They would beat RS. Oh, anybody would. Well, not anybody, but they would beat RS. The champion of the AAC would uh, give us a run. Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) The Sun Belt champion. Yeah. Southern Conference. Etsu was good last year. That had been a game. Oh, man. That was good. Oh, Randy? Although he quit, though, didn't he? He he called it a day. Yeah. Yeah. But had a kick-ass season. Ryan Stork was on the staff. Uh, George is number three. Okay, Very fine. Friendly staff. Yeah. Uh, Bulldogs three. Oh, Buckeyes two. Bama one. Yeah, sure. That's all fine. I can live with that. That's, yes. But damn it, man. Doesn't that just shake you up a little bit? Utah at four really shakes me up. Really. NC State at seven didn't piss you off? Oh, it all does. No, you know, I was having a nice Thursday. I'm just furious now. Appreciate it. Life Spectator writes, other than Duquesne, does FSU have a decided talent advantage over any of their opponents? Too many 50-50 games on the schedule to feel confident about any prediction. So, uh, 
let's do that next. Uh, not W's and L's. I'll tease you, but let, let's go through those teams and say yay or nay, a decided talent advantage over their foes. It's a good way for us to go through the schedule as well. I think I've got an answer uh, that will maybe surprise you, so we'll do that next. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, so a decided advantage. You ready for this? We do or don't? Uh, yeah, it's going to hurt your feelings, right, when you when you do this? Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> we start with Duquesne. He said other than Duquesne, but I want to go ahead and just affirm that, yes, we have more talent than Duquesne. We do. W. No. I tried. Everybody, I tried. Well, you want to do a combo, W's and L's, with... The question of talent. So we talk about the win or the loss and what we're overcoming specifically. If we were going to do that, I would say that that should be solving for the future on a Thursday. Oh, from next hour. Next hour. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. You, you tease for this segment to do the. Well, I'll tell you what. We yeah. can solve for the future with our friends from ISF next hour with W's and L's. I'm with you. All right. But let's do a little warm up and find out which of the rosters are more challenging than others. Excellent. That's how we do it. We work it out on the fly on the Jeff Cameron show. Yeah, who needs production meetings when you have the air? Yeah, so nice outside. We can't be meeting. Uh, Duquesne, yes, yes. And and I'm doubling down. Despite your anger, I'm going to tell you that it is an impossibility oh. for Florida State to lose to Duquesne. There is a significant percentage of the fan base that got nervous. Significant percent when you said that. I it, guarantee it. Yeah. I get, they don't even have... A full allotment of scholarships at Duquesne. Kyrie Irving double birds tour. Yeah. No chance. Zero chance. In fact, poor Duquesne, not only A, ought not be on the schedule and Florida State should be ashamed of themselves, but B, but B, and they should, B, no, listen to me. Ain't no shame in this yeah. game. Shame. One and O. Shame. Shouldn't even count. Undefeated. Hey, we're not doing W's and L's right now. Anyhow, so let me tell you, ashamed of themselves for scheduling this game. But secondly, Duquesne, unfortunate for them, are on the wrong end of what happened this past year. So now that Mike Norvell and staff suffered the greatest calamity in Florida State football history, and they engineered it by treating the game as a glorified scrimmage and experimenting with dumbass plays like having McKenzie out in a route. What are we doing? So... Trying that, to complete a pass. I don't know what you're trying, trying to do. Trying to straight lose to <laughs> – anyhow. So now that they've done – they'll never do it again, right? Now they know. So Duquesne, it's almost like we're going to take out the anger for our stupidity from a year ago on Duquesne. Well, we kind of did with UMass, too. There's oh. another team that had no chance. Yeah, it's coming up. It's going to – watch poor Duquesne, 77-7, to still throwing it. Which, fine, screw it. I'm – I've gotten so angry and embittered at this point. I, if you've got a chance to beat people in an ungodly fashion because it's so rare around here anymore, do it. Run it up. I don't care if the guy bitches about it afterwards. I've jumped into a, Tell him to go pound a time machine from the future. I've mm. got a stat for you from the game. Trey Benson, four carries, 123 yards, nice. and two touchdowns. Yeah. Done for the day. Yep. Good. Well, fine. Uh, there's that. Florida State LSU. LSU has more talent on the roster. Now, here's where it gets dicey. They do. They do, Tom. 
Uh, here, here's where it gets dicey. Louisville. Well, they've got more experience because Malik Cunningham is 84 years old. Year seven as a starter. Very spry. Mm-hmm. I think the Florida State defense has more talent top to bottom. I do too. If Mims was here, the answer might be yes. But he's not. But he's not. They're, they're I think, more talented at wide receiver than we are. Probably. They just lost a kid, though. Almost by definition, they're more talented than us at tight end. Yes, does that position uh, have a does it place exist? on the two deep? Does it exist? Is they it, have yeah, tight ends, yeah. but then they're all more talented than ours. Yeah. I think we're probably more talented and deeper at running back. Could be. Maybe. But they got us at receiver and tight end. Their offensive line is better than our offensive line. I don't even have to look at them. Probably a safe guess. Yeah, they, yeah for like eons. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, it's iffy. Iffy, Tom. It's a tough one. I'm going to take a look if I can pull up their PFF stuff. By the, way, in a while. by the way, Boston College does not have more talent than Florida State. They don't. That's correct. That's that is correct. They don't. Right. Does Wake Forest have more talent on their roster than Florida State? Not starting 22, do they have more talent than Florida State does on their roster? I, I doubt it. But isn't it a decided advantage? Wasn't that oh, the, the burden yeah. here? Well, no, no decided advantage there. Yeah. Definitely not a decided advantage. In fact, we're at a disadvantage against NC State. Unfortunately. I mean, the Jews are, like, really across the <laughs> almost every spot. It's ridiculous. Yes, yes. Quarterback, receivers, line, yes, yes, yes. Defensive, yes. Can't believe that kid came back. In this year's NFL draft, this is the time to go early. Clemson, yes, they have more talent than Florida State. All right, Georgia Tech. Does not have more talent than Florida State. And, in fact, Florida State has a decided advantage in talent over Georgia Tech. Don't fool around and lose that one. Correcto. We find ways with Georgia Tech. Uh, I hate that. In all sports. For whatever reason. unbelievable. I hate it. Uh, Miami has a more talented roster than us. That's close, though. Well, it, so, the point dis- is, so the point is there's no decided advantage Correct, for but State. if you have the same burden for them, they'd have to concede if yeah. they're being fair, that they don't have a decided advantage. Florida State has a decided advantage over Syracuse, does it not? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. They got a decent defense, but our yeah. defense is going to be all right. Yeah, so I'm with you. Do we have a decided advantage now that a lot of the players left? Because if it were last year's team, the answer is no. But given what happened with their coach and players exiting – I think the answer is yes. Florida State has a decided advantage over Louisiana, the Raging Cage. Should be. Should be. I believe that is correct. And then, obviously, we do not have an advantage. Until they're 8-0 and and uh, right. 14th in the country. Well, we do not have an advantage over Florida. So, no. so that's five. The question was, how many games do we have a decided advantage in? On talent. And we said Duquesne. Did we, we sit Boston College? You did. Okay, Duquesne. Now, it was before I, I reiterated uh, about the decided. I think it's decided. I we think beat their too. ass last year yeah, in their building. I think it is, too. Come I on. Think, yeah, the refs tried to keep them in it. You're right. Yeah, yeah Duquesne, Boston College, uh, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Louisiana. Okay. 5-0. and oh. All right, so those are five wins. Now we just got to find three more where it's iffy. That's why we circle that Louisville game so often. Yes, that's key. The Louisville game is the one you keep you know, circling over and over again. You're like, okay, don't fool around and lose that it's one. It's the man. fulcrum. And you could beat LSU. 
Oh, you could. It could. Yeah. I'm just saying that you you can't go one and two to start the year. You got you got to go two and one. However it happens, you beat LSU and lose to Louisville. Whatever. We're already penciling in the win against Duquesne. So you you've got to obviously you got to find a way to be two and one through three games. You know what that means? Hmm. We're going one and two. Because that's know. that's what September's been to us. September. Well, but we're starting in August. There's no earth and wind. It's just fire. <laughs> it's just all fire all the time. It's hell on earth. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. So I guess rapid fire, Tom, if i got to get you to eight in a short segment, since that's what we've circled and said must happen, uh, then I'm going to get you these eight wins. Duquesne, Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Louisiana, and it gets tough. It we're at seven. Yeah, neutral site LSU. I got three words for you. Road Miami. No, suck it, Clemson. Woo! Oh yeah. Get you some. Wouldn't Roll that... on in here. Hey, in that losing streak, baby. A couple of damn first downs and a four minute drill last year. We would have done it. We would. We would have done it. We we would have on the road. Took ND to Notre, uh, to overtime. Found a way to lose to Jacksonville State. Schizophrenic. Could have been an eight-win team last year. Whoa. Easily. Easily. Also won some really close games. Could have, could have been a nine-loss team last year. Yeah, it was okay that uh, they didn't call a hold when Jordan scrambled against Syracuse. That was good. That was a great no-call. Let the boys decide it on the field. That's right, and they did. Hey, they've made some uh, adjustments to the rules. Did you see that in the world of college football, buddy? They, uh, I knew that was coming. It had to because it was such a, a sorry thing that happened a year ago, but uh, the picket rule is in place now. If you so much as flinch like you're going to slide, you're down. That's it. That's all. How long till an official misinterprets uh, a juke? Uh, week zero, it will happen. Yeah. I mean, we know we know how much they love to, to screw this up. I'm telling you, I'm, <laughs> I can just picture this right now. The second somebody is just twisting to turn out of the way of a potential hit, they're going to be like, oh, nope, he was initiating a slide, and we're all going to be livid. And with Florida State's luck over the last several years, it will be in a close game that we're involved in, and it'll be a long run that's taken off the board, maybe a 50-yard run by Jordan Travis, in which they suggest, even though the replay will clearly show that that's not true, that he had begun to initiate a slide. The official, the official over as Ellis as he is, will step in, down it. We won't convert the first down. We lose by three. We're angry for another year. It'll be Gary Patterson, too. It'll be him. It'll be Gary Patterson? Yeah, that's the guy from Boston College last year. That guy. That guy. He's furious with Florida State. Yeah, he's. we've had some run-ins. The game that Dalvin pulled his hammy against Wake Forest years that ago. That, too, was him? That was him. That was an awful day. We ended up winning the football game, but that was another special brand of ACC officiating. Uh, in addition to that article on the way-too-early Revision Top 25, there was an article today on the transfer portal. And, you know, 3,600 FBS players entering the portal in the last year. 3,600. And they talked about the process, and they spoke with players who did it and have gone through it. And they, they began with uh, the Kedon Slovis kid, the uh, Kedon Slovis kid, the, the, the quarterback at USC, who's now going to be a pit. Um, and it, it cracked me up. So 
he was working out in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, where he's from. His dad texted him and said, hey, make sure you tell USC to officially put your name in that transfer portal because they were, they were hell-bent on getting out. So he had already moved off campus. USC had gone 4-8. and eight. He, They were ineligible for a bowl game, so he had left already. He was just working out, staying in shape. He gets that text from his dad. He texts that to the USC compliance officer. Says to USC's compliance officer, hey, put my name in the portal, you know, like we had talked about, please. That guy says, okay, sure. He reaches down to get his dumbbells to finish the set. Got a phone call. Got a phone call. Within 30 seconds of his name going in, Pat Narduzzi from Pitt. Hey, brother, what's happening? Was he just sitting like just? That's what I'm. Yes, we have been on the other side of that equation, yeah. you know, or or on the the front end of yeah. this trend. A lot of times, kids say my name's in the portal minutes, and then there's Mike Norvell calling me. You have to have somebody who just sits there. Yeah, just find somebody like people on Twitter who clearly don't work at their jobs and say we don't need you to do anything except stare at just the internet. Stare at stare the at the portal, internet. and then if a name pops up that looks. Anything like a guy that can play, you please let me know. This is what you do anyway. You do nothing, so do nothing for us. Yeah, dude finished his curls. Phone's ringing. That's crazy. Hour two, forthcoming. Stay with.